Wow, man, we miss you guys so much. Oh. Welcome back to our kitchen. This is just not the same. It's not but the we same. We will make the most of it. But we're gonna make the most of it. It's the new normal for now. And we just wanna say thank you. Thank you for watching and tuning in. I know there's so much amazing content on the internet. Mm. Um, the fact that you're watching us and still, <laughs> yeah, honoring just this time of gathering uh, together. Cause you know, at the end of the day, we're not about uh, building a big flashy anything. No. We're a community of believers. Yeah who love Jesus and want to make him known in the world. So yeah. thank you for being a part of the spiritual family. We love you guys. And even um, though we miss you so much, um, we had the privilege of being part of a Zoom call with our core leaders. Yeah. And we got to have a little taste of seeing everybody again. Yeah, technology is amazing. Um, we got to see everyone. It was amazing. But was the most amazing thing was how so many people are flourishing at this time. They're really using it as an opportunity yeah. to grow and to get further and deeper into God's work to build their relationships and so many people thriving families thriving yeah. marriage is getting better yeah, yeah really so. really good so our encouragement to you is don't be isolated in this time it's so much better to do this together there's questions that people have there's struggles that people go through there's just personal discipline that needs to be um, encouraged and so if you plug in with community um, online and we've got connect group leaders we've got area leaders there are men and women who will be there to support you and encourage you through this time so be connected stay connected yeah so those numbers will be on our screen where you can contact our area leaders or go to our website and click connect and get a connect group leader and join an online group it's not the same as meeting in person but yeah it's still cool and it's still helpful and it will still encourage you during this time. So. And if you need any assistance with food or specific prayer requests, once again, just go through the connect group leaders and the area leaders and um, we will tend to your needs. Absolutely. So as a church, you know, our, our mission statement, Trish, is to reach, disciple and impact. Okay. So we want to reach people with the gospel. We want to make disciples for Jesus yeah. and we want to make an impact. Yeah, definitely. We want, to, we want the world to be different because we were here. Okay? Yes. So we're all about impact. And one of the ways we make an impact is through prayer. Mm. Um, and I want to say, you know, typically we say prayer is a value in our church, but it's more than a value. It's a mm. heartbeat. Okay. If you're going to be in this church, one thing that you're going to get from us all the time and Maybe it's going to make you bored. Maybe it's going to, I don't know what it'll do. Maybe it'll encourage well, maybe you. Maybe it'll just provoke you to pray. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to hear a lot about prayer. So this is the, the time to pray. I'm telling you now, this is, this is the time where we've got to learn prayer, master prayer, grow in prayer. Yeah. We've got the opportunity. And Absolutely. so um, we want to talk today about praying for big things. Yeah. Okay. That's what we want to talk about because, you know, so often we feel insignificant when we're praying. Sure. And, and we, sometimes when we're going through difficult stuff in our own life, some big things like, I don't know, you know, financial problems or relational or work problems or whatever, yeah. sometimes, and it seems so big and complex and difficult, we feel intimidated by the circumstances. And we, and typically we don't rise up in prayer because of that. Sure. And, um, and, and that's just our own lives. Yeah. You know, what about when we pray for bigger things sure. like the economy a nation. or our nation or leadership in our nation or COVID-19 or this pandemic mm. or even revival or, I mean, sometimes when we, we, when we think about those big things, yeah. we can feel so intimidated to sure. pray for them sure. and wonder, are these prayers actually working? Do yeah. they even... You know, it doesn't make any difference that I prayed because they're so big. There's so many moving parts. There's so many 
things out of our control, like what difference are we actually going to make? But the Bible says this in James chapter 5 and 17. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Mm -hmm. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half. Sorry, for three years and six months. Sure. So yeah, three and a half years. So um, what, what's interesting about this passage, which I like a lot, is it says Elijah was a man just like us. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we forget that when you look at the life of Elijah, I mean, you know, he made it into the Bible, <laughs> you know, and like did some incredible miracles and stopped armies and, you know, fire from heaven and all yeah. sorts of stuff. So you kind of think he's more like an Avenger than a human <laughs> and um, <laughs> and definitely different to us. But the Apostle James was like, guys, mm. Elijah was like us. Yeah, he was just a man like us. And and what what James is saying here is he prayed for Elijah was a man like us and he prayed for something really vague. Yeah. And he got a big answer. And the invitation there is, guys, even though we, we see Elijah, remember that he was a man just like us. And if he prayed for big things, we can pray for big things too. Yes, yeah, an so, invitation not to be intimidated, yeah. but to actually rise up to rise and be inspired up. by someone who was also merely a man. And that's what we want to talk about, guys. We want to talk about how do you pray for big things, okay? The answer is quite simply, you need to have big faith. That's, sure. that's the like... That's the simple answer. If you're going to pray for big things, you need to have big faith. Mm. But uh, faith comes by hearing the and word. hearing by the word of God. So there are four areas where we need to grow in faith yeah. in order to pray big prayers. Because big faith equals big prayers. Mm. But there are four areas that we've identified, which we want to share with you this morning about where you need to build your faith mm -hmm. so that you can pray big prayers. Sure. So if you have faith in these four things mm -hmm. and, and big faith in these things, you're going to find it a lot easier to pray for big things. Yeah. So, so those, areas are are, those areas are uh, faith in God, yeah. in the nature of God, faith in the future sure. and the, what the future holds, faith in our calling as mm -hmm. Christians, our identity, and faith in the actual action of prayer itself. Right. So, yeah, Trish, you're going to share just on the first point, which is faith, faith in Definitely. God. I mean, what a beautiful way to start off our discussion. Faith in the nature of God. The nature of God is good. Yeah. He is a good heavenly father. But if we do not have a clear understanding of the nature of God, then we can't pray those big prayers because we don't know really the nature who of who is. we pray to. Yeah. And, um, and the picture that we carry of our Heavenly Father will affect the effectiveness of our faith. So totally. if we think of Him as totally being true. distant, disconnected, yeah. not interested, or someone who's just passing judgment, then, then we're not going to we'll have a have healthy yeah. um, relationship with faith because we don't have a healthy picture of, of who, who He is. is. And we can so often become inconsistent in our thoughts towards God. When we're feeling good, we're feeling Guilty. strong, things yeah. are going well, man, my faith is strong, God, actually no, my faith is not strong in that moment, I'm actually just feeling just good. Feel good, I'm yeah. feeling on top of the world. Yeah. Real faith is when it's really hard. And we and, trust and it's, in His goodness. It's hard and things are miserable and we can call on what we know about Him, that His nature is good, His plans for me are good, His thoughts towards me are good. Yeah. And so knowing and understanding the nature of God is critical in our faith and, um, and so not, not being inconsistent in our own thinking around that. And, um, 
You know, if we become double-minded, then we don't mature in our faith. Yeah. In fact, it says if, if we're double-minded, we, we, we're we're not going to we're not going to receive anything yeah. from him because one minute we're here, what next minute we're there. It's like one minute he loves the me, place. then he loves me not, yeah. and it, like <laughs> picking the day schizophrenic days. about who he is sure. towards us. And, yeah. and we we don't need to be confused. Yeah. And the reason we don't need to be confused about the nature of God is because Jesus came to this earth and represented him perfectly. That's right. He was the perfect representation of who God is. And, you know, his disciples didn't even get this right. I mean, I think Philip, who hung out with Jesus, really spent time with him. He, he said to Jesus, he said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be <laughs> sure. sufficient for us. You know, like that'll settle the matter. Like yeah. just show, just reveal the Father to us and then it'll all be okay. Then we'll know. We'll yeah. know. And um, Jesus' response to him is, Philip, I have I been with you so long and you have not known me. It's like, wow. almost like I, I am representing the full measure of who the Father is. And he continues, he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you sh say, show us the Father? Brilliant. You know? You've seen Jesus. You've seen Jesus and you've, you've seen the Father. And what was the nature of Jesus? Wherever he went, he was willing. He was willing to heal people. He was willing to yeah. defend people. He was willing to, to um, take the marginalized and extend unconditional love towards them. He even referred to himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He is willing. He's willing. And so that reflects the nature of our Heavenly Father, that our Heavenly Father is willing. So if you're in a situation and you're feeling overwhelmed, or you're feeling heartbroken, or you're sick, or you're just feeling just overwhelmed like... Overwhelmed by big stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're down in the dumps. Let me tell you that Jesus said He is willing. His nature represents the nature of the right. Father, that He loves you, He cares about your situation and your circumstances, and He wants to empower you to understand that the goodness of God is what is going to impact and change the environment and the situation you're facing, or even just the way that you're able to face it. Um, I love what Martin Luther said. He said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, it's laying hold of His willingness. Beautiful. Isn't I love that. Beautiful. that. Say it again. The so prayer is not. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. Brilliant. I love that. You know, we also see that in the parable that Jesus used when um, he was talking to his disciples about an unjust judge. Yeah. And how there was a persistent widow. And he was relating it how this unjust judge had no re um, respect for God or care for people. Yeah. And, and yet that unjust judge eventually relented to this woman's needs she because she was persistent. Yeah. Yeah. But he says, like, in contrast, God is not like that. Yeah. He is so willing to come and to tend to those who are his and, um, and Jesus said, he said, he told this parable because he said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Mm. That's why he told the parable, to encourage us to pray, to, to encourage praying. us not to lose heart. And then he ends off the, the parable by saying, when the Son of Man comes again, will he really find faith in the earth? Mm. So will he really find faith in my life, in your life, in, in, in us aligning with God's nature to empower us to pray big prayers and to sure. see big things change? Totally. Yeah. So having faith in the nature of God is yeah. critical to praying big prayers. Yeah. If we believe he's, he's distant and not interested or unwilling, yeah. then we're never going to have the big faith 
to pray for big things. Totally. So the nature of God is, is the key over there. So that's key number one we want to share with you. The second key we want to share with you is faith in the future. All right. Um, and, and this is something that's really a, kind of a hot potato at sure, the moment, which sure. I'm finding. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people now who believing because things are, are um, bad and economies are slumping. Out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary. Every, people are starting to think negatively about the future. And, and a lot of people are wondering, like, is this not what is in the future? Is this sure. not like how the end times out play? Sure. Is this not what is what is written in scripture? You know, the Antichrist is going to come. There's going to be plagues on the earth. Yeah. Things are going to get bad. There's mm -hmm. going to be this. There's going to be wars. There's mm -hmm. going to be... And, and so, and, and typically, if, if we start to think of a future where it's going to get bad, right? And then how do we have faith? And it's written that it's going to get bad. Mm. How do we have faith then to pray for big things? Because sure. is, this, is it not this what God wants? Yeah. Is this not what is going to happen anyway? Mm. So what's the use in praying against it or sure. resisting it sure. in any way? So, so this is a trap that we can fall into. Okay, and, I, and I'm going to say what it is. It is a trap. Okay, it's 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 a. I believe it's an incorrect way of looking at the future. You know, when when we look at the Bible, uh, there are a number of parables where it talks about the end times. Mm -hmm. Okay, and typically we like to just focus on the negative ones, all right? But there are other parables, like the one in Matthew 13, where Jesus told a parable about. A, a good man who went and sowed good seed into his field yeah. and he sowed wheat into his field and then at night an enemy came and sowed bad seed sure okay and then after a while they started to grow up together and the servants came to the master and said what shall we do shall we get rid of the tears mm. and pull them out and he said no lest you damage the, the, wheat. the wheat yeah rather wait let them grow up together sure and then we'll harvest them at the end and separate, separate them yeah and what he was talking about, that he was basically, Jesus was saying, this is what the end times will look like, the times sure. we're living in, where there will be wickedness and there will be righteousness mm. growing together. Sure. And that is the world we live in. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be a scientist to, or see some spiritual, around the world. <laughs> amazing person to see that there is amazing God moves mm. and there are incredibly wicked, evil things happening. Sure. And, but the two are growing together. Yeah. And so sometimes we have this picture in our minds is that it's just all tears. Sure. You know, it's just all bad. Yeah. But we forget that there was wheat going up as well. And my perspective of the future is this, is that in the end times, we're going to see a powerful growing up of righteousness on the earth. We're yeah. going to see a strong, glorious, beautiful, powerful expression mm -hmm. of the righteousness of God in the earth. If wickedness is going to get worse, I'm telling you now, right. righteousness and the light is going to get a whole Absolutely. lot brighter. And we have a choice. Which one do we want to live in? What kind of future do we want to live in? Because our actions now determine that. Yeah. Um, a really good example is something that's happening in Durban right now. Yeah. So we have got this terrible um, disease that's, you know, yeah, everywhere, everywhere. And, and we've got everything. a lot of people are afraid. They're isolated in their homes. And there's this whole group of vulnerable people who are being taken care of by our amazing city officials yes. um, and the volunteer groups. So you've got this horrible thing called this, this COVID-19 that is taking lives and being destructive, but you've got this beautiful thing because called these, these, these churches, these righteous yeah. people coming alongside, taking care of those who are being negatively affected 
by the disease. That's right. And they're rising up and they're faithfully serving, sowing, the amount of giving, the amount of love, the amount of compassion, the medical care. It's been incredible. It has been And so amazing. it's such a good example. It's like, don't sit in your home and think, oh, COVID-19, it's just so terrible. Because actually, there's this beautiful righteousness rising up to take care of and to combat this wickedness in sure. our earth. So another parable is in Matthew 24, where Jesus spoke about the end times being like the days of Noah. Right. And a lot of people are, oh, it's going to get wicked on the earth. Everything will be wicked. But you know what he actually also said there? He said that there will, uh, in the days of Noah, he said, people were eating and drinking. They were getting married and giving their kids in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Yeah. So that, I don't know, eating, drinking, marriage, giving in marriage. Sounds, sounds like normal life. Sounds like normal life yeah. to me. That sounds almost like, you know, there's going to be a normacy about yeah. the end times that could catch everybody off guard. In yeah. fact, when you look at a number of other, other parables um, where he talks about the ten virgins, five yeah. wise, five like foolish. Complacency. Hey? Yeah, there's almost like this delay and he's coming and there's this relaxing and this, everything's carrying on as normal. Mm. Um, the Apostle Peter in uh, in Second Peter even wrote about some people rising up in the last times as uh, last days as scoffers who will say, "Oh, when when is Jesus actually going to come yeah. back?" You know. So I I get the idea of the the end times being righteousness and wickedness growing together, but also a time where there's going there's going to be a lot of normal. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of complacency and just normal life that will cause people to become complacent or give up on their faith or just get distracted and not stay devoted to Christ yeah. and not some big ap apocalyptic negative bad stuff sure. happening at the same time. Now, it's so important that we, we, we have a balanced picture of the future, a, a picture like that. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have, you know, the Bible says this, it says, without faith, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Yeah. So if, if faith rests in hope, and if there's no hope for the future, yeah. you know, if there's You're no like, oh, it's just going to get bad and worse, then, yeah. then there's no faith. There's, there's nothing good. to put our faith in. Yeah. If, and I don't know about you, but I think we are, of all people, we're supposed to be the hopeful ones. You yeah. know? We're supposed to be the ones who believe in a better tomorrow, believe Definitely. in a cleaner future, believe in a, a better city, a yeah. heaven on earth. We, we've got to be those people yeah. um, and not those who are you know, predicting and expecting the worst. Yeah, very um, good. So Romans 12, 21 says this, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's so uh, good. So our responsibility is not to be overcome by evil, yeah. but to overcome evil with, with good. good. That's our responsibility. Yeah. And if we're going to do that, we have to have faith in a better future. Definitely. I think we also have to have faith, which takes us into point three, faith yes. in, in who we are. That's right. Faith in our calling. Faith yeah. in... And you know, I think so many of us, we, we wrestle with the question, well, who am I? Yeah. You know, and, and what can I actually do to bring change in the world? You know, I'm just little me. Yeah. And I think that that, is, that's, that goes on in our minds. And I think it's actually a ploy of the enemy to keep us subdued and to keep us thinking totally. small and to think her, keep us feeling like everything else is so much bigger and so much more overwhelming and I'm just little me. Yeah. But I think that's the wrong question to be asking. Sure. We shouldn't be asking who am I? We need to be asking who does he say I am? Boom. I love that. Who does God say I am? Because yes. at the end of the that's day... That's the right question. Who does he say I am? Absolutely. Not who do I think I am? If my yeah. life is surrendered to him, yeah. then, then scripture tells me I'm not my own. I've been bought at a price. So I need to go to him and say, hey, who do you say I am? 
I might feel little and insecure, but who do you say I am? That's right. And I want to take a moment. I have taken a whole lot of scriptures and just put it into a little encouragement. If you are in Christ, if you have surrendered your will to his wisdom and you have received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then this is what you can declare about who you are. You are a loved, chosen, adopted son or daughter, and you are eternal. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are royalty. You are protected. You are rooted, built up, wise, confident. You are the salt of the earth and light of the world. You are a recipient of peace, provision, mercy, grace, precious, and very big promises. You are bold. You are forgiven. You are his own special possession. You are sanctified and overcomer. The righteousness of God. Wow. You are his friend. You are a citizen of heaven, but you are also an ambassador and a sojourner on this earth. You are fruitful and you are a new creation. You have the mind of Christ. You are God's fellow worker. You are not your own. You've been redeemed for the highest price. You are an individual, but a member of the most powerful body in the earth. You are a temple where his spirit lives. You are an heir of God, a co-heir of Christ, a partaker of divine nature. You are his workmanship. You are holy, justified, filled and filled with authority. You are more than a conqueror. You are, and he works all things to the good, to your good, and you are Wow, come on, man. I love that. I think I need to say that every single day. And we do. Um, we that do. Is so strong. I just, <laughs> even as you're speaking that, I'm feeling like faith. I'm feeling like, yes, that's who I am. Yeah. Bring me big things. Bring me big things because <laughs> there is a yeah. very big God who resides on the inside Amen. of me. Amen. Sure. You know, I so often remind myself that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells within me. That means mm. I can do anything right, that yeah. he wants me to do. Yeah. And if, whether I feel insecure, whether I feel overwhelmed, whether it's all just a bit too much, I know that according to his word, his mercies are new every day. And I wake up and I stand and I look in the mirror and I say, Trisha, let me tell you who you are. Let's have a little chat here, girl. And I talk to myself and I say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You've got this. You can do this. And I begin to allow the word to build me up. Because yeah. we need to be built up. Because life is tearing us down all the time. It's and tearing us down. Yeah. And you know and what? We feel small. We feel insignificant. We feel like nothing. We feel like failures, um, which is not the truth. It's not of the what truth. Saying. So when we allow his word to frame who we are in our calling mm. and our identity, then when we read scriptures like this, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you that if two of you agree to something here on earth concerning anything, my Father in heaven will do it. You know, when we read that sure. with the knowledge of who we are and who Christ is in us, then we believe it yeah. and we begin to activate we it. In we mature in faith and we pray those big things and we see change happening. That is so good. Mm. So without faith in who God has called us to be, we're never going to have the strength to pray for big things. Yeah. So we've got to build our faith in that area. The last key we want to share with you is having faith in the action of prayer itself. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, if, if we're going to pray for big things, we've got to believe in this thing called prayer yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, you know, Moses had to go and stand before Pharaoh and he was given this, well, he had a staff and it was going to do something, but he, he, in order to use it, he had to believe it was going to work. Sure. You know what I mean? And God has given us this gift called prayer. Absolutely. It's such a powerful weapon 
And uh, if, but if we don't have faith in it, if we don't believe in the tool that he's given us, mm. then we will never actually engage in yes. prayer as well. So Samuel Chadwick said the following. He said this. He said, Samuel, sorry, he said, Satan laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. That is so powerful. Isn't that good? He laughs at our toil, mm. mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Sure. You know, we, we can work in our own strength and in our own wisdom. And, and honestly, Satan's been around a lot longer than us. So yeah. he kind of like looks at all of that and he Seen mocks it. it. There's he nothing laughs new it. under the sun. You're not going to get anywhere. But yeah. when we pray, mm. he trembles. Oh, you know, that's the one thing that makes him really scared. Mm. And, and we have to know that if... If, if it's a thing that makes him really scared, um, then it must be the thing that he would attack the most. Definitely. And so, you know, he's a deceiver, he's a distractor, you know, he's a discourager, mm. um, he, he, he does, he's a divider, and he does these things. If we're going to see him doing them anyway, he's going to do them in regards lives. to our prayer lives. Yeah, that's uh, so, so true. So actually, your prayer life is probably the most attacked area of your life. And the most important area of your life. And obviously the most important because of that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Siddler Baxter said the following. He said, men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our praise. So good. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it's so true. You know, we have this friend who's trying to share the gospel with one of their family members. And um, the family member is like, is, is rejecting Christ, rejecting the message, uh, you know, just mocking it, even saying it's rubbish. I don't want to talk about this. Don't yeah. ever raise this with me. Yeah. And, and they have full right to do all of that and stop all of that. But they can't stop us praying for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And yeah. that's probably the most powerful thing we can do. Because sometimes, you know, we get to the end of ourselves and we go, oh, I've tried everything in my own strength, and then maybe now I'll pray. Yeah, all I can do is pray. Yeah, which it's actually... Such, it's so defeatist, isn't it? It's a sign that we haven't yet got the revelation of this tool that God has given us. Yeah. And how incredibly powerful it is. Mm. Evidence that we have this revelation is that our schedule gives space and priority to prayer. Very good. If, if we really understand the power of it, then, then our, our time, our schedule should, should show that. Yeah. Um, Martin Luther said something so powerful. He said, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. Yeah. We often say the, the opposite of that. I've got so much to do. I'm going to have to reduce the amount of time I'm going to have to pray for prayer. three minutes just yeah. because I've got too much to do. <laughs> Which is evidence that we don't really understand how this tool Works. is, how valuable it is in our lives. Mm. And, and so, you know, we're going to have to... We're going to have to reframe our minds and, and grow in faith, in revelation, in the understanding of prayer itself. Mm. Queen Mary of Scott said the following. She said, I fear John uh, Knox's prayers more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Oh, the, the power of prayer. <laughs> One man's prayer, Elijah, you know, changed the, the course of a nation, changed the drought, changed, mm. you know, we, we've got to understand that God has given us something incredible, beautiful, and we've got to make time for it, we've got to make space for it, we've got to sacrifice for it, and we've got to engage in it, church. So that we can mature in it, because then yeah. our faith will be bigger, yes. and we can pray big prayers. Amen. So, guys, in conclusion, we, um, we've shared with you four keys to, to uh, four areas where 
we need to grow in faith in order to pray for big things. Mm. This is a season where we are, are praying for big things. I yeah. mean, we are. This is yeah. what we're praying for big things. We're praying for the economies. We're praying for the world. We're praying for foreign nations. We're praying for government. We pray, we're praying for big things. And there's a lot of prayer happening all around the world. All over the world. All over the world. There's like prayer chains and this Huge hour stuff. passing the baton you know? to that hour. It's like... So if we're going to have to have anything for this time, we're going to have to have big faith yeah. in order to pray big prayers. And, and, and otherwise, we just, we're wasting our time. You know, yeah. we're waking up and we're just wishful thinking about stuff. Yeah. But if we have faith in, the, in our prayers, then we're going to really see things change. Because yeah. faith, is, faith is the key that makes everything work. All right? It's not really prayer, actually, at the end of the day. It's faith sure. in prayer. You know, sure. when we pray, believe that you've received, Jesus mm-hmm. said, and then you will receive. So we've got, a, we've got a challenge for you. This week, we have a 5 a.m. WhatsApp prayer. Which is amazing, group, by which the is way. Awesome. And we want to encourage you to join it if you haven't yet. The number is on the screen. Just send us a message and we'll add you to the group. And in this prayer, for the next five days, we're going to wake up at 5 a.m. And, and we're going to send you a prayer brief every single morning that's going to um, give you scriptures and quotes and all sorts of things, nuggets, that in those four areas so that you can uh, build your faith in those four areas before mm. you start praying for big things. Yeah. And the idea is that you're going to spend, you know, a few minutes, maybe 10, 20 minutes just reading those scriptures, praying them, speaking them, declaring them, building your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the best place to hear the word of God it's is out of your, out of your own, own mouth. mouth. So you, we want to encourage you to declare, meditate, speak on the, the the content that we send you before you start praying for the big things that we're going to ask you to pray for as well. So we're going to send you that this week. Uh, Join that group. We want to encourage you to do that, please. You know, I've just got a really cool testimony just to wrap this all up. So those four points, it reminds me of a situation that we've been dealing with since December. There's a a woman in our church. um, We met her just a few months ago. And um, she came and she has embarked on an incredible journey where she has begun to understand and know um, and receive the nature of God towards her and see the evidence of Him working uh, different things to her good. Um, she, she, has, uh, she had a son who was in a very troubled situation. He was um, addicted to drugs and he was actually on the street, which was a terrible situation for her to find herself in as a mom. And he was a young guy just um, out of school. And um, as she began to think about the future for her son, she didn't have a fatalist mentality. Oh, no one gets off heroin. It's just terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. doom and gloom. No, she had a mentality that that I do. I see him being set free. I see him getting and building a relationship with God like I'm building a relationship with God. She had a hope for his future. She began to understand her calling and her um, who she is in Christ. And she began to pray mm. with, that, with that faith and with that confidence that, um, I am a daughter of God and, and, and Satan, I command you to loose my son in Jesus' name. And she began to pray these prayers yeah. and begin to mature her faith through that. Um, she would even wake in the night hours and be like, I need to pray for him. And she would pray for his protection and his salvation. And she was very faithful in that. Yeah. Um, and, and she embraced the power of prayer. And just before lockdown, the, the day that lockdown began, yeah. We had organized for him to move out of um, being on the street and into a, um, a shelter. And he wasn't 
at the, at the uh, he didn't meet us at the time that he needed to meet us to get to the shelter and she was desperate she was like what do i do do i go walk the streets do i go look for him um she was beside oh, yeah. herself yeah i said to her if i was you i'd go into my room i'd close the door and i'd cry out to my father in heaven for my son to come and you know what we delayed taking um the 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 departure to go to the shelter and in the nick of time he arrived yeah. and he was able to get into the shelter for lockdown he continued we had multiple people praying for him yeah. through the period of time he yeah. detoxed heroin he is being cold put, turkey, cold turkey yeah, just, in that in, with a yeah. whole bunch of strangers detoxed yeah. and um, just so many people lifting him up in prayer carrying him through that hard time and as a result wow. he has been clean for over three weeks um, and his journey with God is just getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. So that is just a perfect little example of something that we've been navigating, the glory and the power of God. It's a big thing. It's a huge it thing. It is such a big thing. And we celebrate this answer, but we put it all down to God's power. And, and people who believed into in, in a better future for someone. And were willing yeah. to mature in their faith to pray, to pray big through, things. to pray through. And so, guys, we want to encourage you. We're going to pray for big things this week. It's going to require big faith. Sign up for the for the WhatsApp prayer group and and build your faith this week. Yeah. Amen. Cool. Amen. So, we're going to pray for you and and trust that you have an amazing time this week in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together and for everyone who is listening, for everyone who's watching. Father, we pray that the, the revelation of this amazing thing called prayer that you've given us would sink deep into our hearts and that this week, Father, we would grow in our faith, we would grow in our understanding of who you are, who you've called us to be and, and the power that you've put in this thing called prayer. And we pray, Father God, that as we journey together as a family, we would all grow in our faith and we're going to see big things change in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 God bless you.